The Heineken Cup Podcast, European rugby at its best. Brought to you by The Guardian and Heineken, the premium continental beer. Hello, this is the Heineken Cup podcast with me, Eddie Butler. We'll be looking ahead to the final at Murrayfield in Edinburgh between Leinster and the Leicester Tigers, and we'll be taking a look back over a memorable Heineken Cup campaign. I'm joined here in the studio by former Scottish international and Heineken ambassador, Kenny Logan, and the Guardian sports editor, Ian Pryor. Good to see you, Kenny. Good to see you. Very good. How's the book coming on? It's coming along very well. Slow. (laughs) Just like you, Kenny, on that wing. Nice to see you, Ian. You too, Eddie. Ah, The Six Nations Grand Slam, Munster Champions of the Magnus, a record number of Irish players in the Lions Party, Leinster in the Heineken Cup final. Has there ever been a better time for Irish rugby? Absolutely never, without a (laughs) doubt. Those of us who spent the long years trawling through the 80s, yeah. taking it's hammering after hammering on the show. It's back to your of the 80s, isn't it? Uh, well, I'm afraid it is. Yeah. Yeah. What were you, 50 then? Thank you, Kenny. Right, let's move on to the Heineken Cup final of 2009. If the semis were anything to go by, we're in for something special. Remember this? Here's O'Driscoll. That might work for him. It's Gordon Nafewa, the fullback. Now, could he feed? He can. It's Darcy nearly there. Darcy sliding on. Sexton, Nathewa, O'Driscoll, Horgan, extra man is Fitzgerald. Oh, Fitzgerald is cutting back inside! Leinster have another! Sexton trying to mount the pressure and mount the points, which he does. At the moment, then, it is 2006 in reverse. As Sexton gets the conversion, look at that score. It goes from Reese, taken by Jordan Murphy. So nearly a try scorer. Look for moments in semi-finals. Was that one? His flood out the side. That's a beautiful ball. It's going to be a beautiful try underneath the post for Hamilton. Here the Blues going and going well. The Rubbers just go on. You'll score. He does. Could be one step away from the European Cup for the first time. One minute left on the second Simbin now, and so much has happened during this period. Silence now for Blair, back in the same spot. It's done, it's even better, it's through the middle. Three minutes left, will it be extra time? I don't know how long we've been doing this, but been carrying around a penalty shootout card for all these years and it's come out of the jacket. Here it is, Cardiff Blues, Ben Blair, first kick, and suddenly those posts narrow, don't they? Blair, but not Ben. Ubi, we're into the forwards. we're into the big boys, we're into the forwards. The forwards to decide it, if he misses, Leicester go. Cardiff Blues are through, and he's never going to miss. Williams, the king of Cardiff for so long. This would be the cruelest thing, the cruelest thing if Martin Williams was to miss it. A brilliant footballer. I say Martin Williams gets it. Let's see it now. Martin Williams, he doesn't get it. 
Jordan Crane for glory here. He looks at the posts. He looks to Edinburgh. He can see Edinburgh. Two marvellous games, both very different. Two grand occasions. And our thanks to Sky for those clips there. Let's begin with Leicester and their place-kick victory over Cardiff, who incidentally found themselves knocked out of the competition without losing a game. Six out of six in the pool, a quarter-final win against Toulouse, the semi against Leicester. Compare that with Leicester and Leinster, both lost two pool games. The shootout, Kenny, a good way to settle things? Well, I mean, the argument's the same in football. You know, everybody thinks it's not the best way to finish a game, but... It's got to be finished somewhere. I mean, they could have been playing there another 20 minutes and suddenly players could be getting injured, getting tired, you know, and again, you've got to look at that when, especially in rugby physically, you know, as the guys get tired, they get a bit lazy and they could get caught in a tackle, bottom of a ruck. And it's the first time, let's be honest. It might never happen again for another 10, 15 years. So um, it was quite exciting for, you know, watching the game. It was exciting to see rugby going along the same routes as football. But, um, you know, Martin Williams, one of the best players in the world, um, will feel uh, pretty sick because he feels he's probably let his team down but he hasn't goal kickers um, they don't lose games they only win games so it, um, <laughs> it's just Ian that the, the players themselves seem to say this doesn't seem right Tom Shanklin for instance it's not going to seem right when you've been on the losing end of it is it you know um, I mean we don't live in a world anymore where major sport allows for replays it doesn't in rugby it doesn't in football the calendar's just too tight so it's got to be done some way and in a way you'd rather see it based on some level of skill rather than some you know, Mickey Mouse back running it back from the halfway line or whatever other suggestions have been put about since the game. I suppose I mean, there was bound to be some sort of debate because we'd never seen it before. And, uh, well, I thought it worked for me. I, you know, edge of the seat stuff. You couldn't have had anything more dramatic, really. I think it's brilliant. You know, it's, it's dramatic. I mean, what, what was lovely, my wife said it, you know, in football, they're all round, they're cuddling, they're running. All the, you know, they're all like that, watch, watching the player walking back. The Leicester, the Cardiff players are all sitting between each other. They all shake each other's hand. Well, you know, this is a weird finish to the game, isn't it? Well done, good luck in the final. It was just a bizarre way of watching two teams, knowing that that person kicking the goal. You know, in football, they all can kick a, kick a ball, right? In rugby, there's three or four players at the most can kick a rugby ball over the bar. And we got down to seven. We got down to back row forward to, as they kicked it, you knew they've never kicked a rugby ball before. They might do it in training as a bit of a laugh. But they don't expect to do it in front of 70,000 people. There was, um, there was something slightly unseemly about the rush to get uh, place kickers onto the field. Now, Kerry Sweeney came on, fair enough, straight replacement. But Julien Dupuis, <laughs> who had been substituted, replaced, came back on for Dan Hipkiss. Was that, was that in the spirit of the occasion? Not quite in the spirit, but you know you won't find many rugby coaches who won't play within the rules rather than the spirit these days. Um, Maybe he had a blood injury, you know. It, it, it was remarkable how Hepkes came back on with his headgear, only only to find you know suddenly it's got sore again. Yeah, yeah. Prizing open the wounds. Come on, blood. Come on, pour. Right in the end, Leicester got through a triumph for a side that. Uh, had won the Heineken Cup twice, back-to-back champions in 01 and 02. The second semi was won by Leinster, and this, Ian, is a whole new experience for the team of notable underachievers. Oh, they've been called worse than that. Um, <laughs> shedding the tag of ladyboys was one I read in the Irish press this week. Um, not particularly complimentary. I thought what was extraordinary about it, and you know, in all the years that Munster have built this kind of spirit, ethos, never take a backward step, 
they've been beaten you know, a number of times along that. Never have they been so comprehensively out-monstered, though. Yeah. Um, the amount of turnovers, the aggression of Leinster at the breakdown, um, all kind of monster hallmarks of how they usually crush, crush the life out of teams to have it done to them when they'd really had a season where, you know, I don't think anyone can, can remember a more c- complete monster team in many ways. To, to, see, to see it done, done to them in front of 80,000 people was just rather extraordinary thing, I thought. One last point before we go on to Leinster exclusively. Ian, is the, the obituary of Munster has been written many times. Is this the time really to dust it off and say that is the end of Munster as we know them? I don't think so. There's a couple of positions they do need to look at, but Munster were accused a couple of years ago of getting quite quite stale, and they, you know, and they they brought in people like Howlett, people like Paul Warwick, people like Tomas O'Leary, mm. and that side has you know not particularly in the forwards, but in the backs, it's certainly they needed it, haven't they? They've Keith Earls, they, they, they did definitely need it, and and you do think certainly behind the scrum, there's probably more there's probably more to come from Munster. Um, you know, in the in the medium to long term, they are going to have an issue over O'Gara, but that's the whole of Ireland's an issue over O'Gara because. And what's behind him? They will have to solve that. But the pack, I would think, will take a long, hard look at themselves after that. There's a lot of those boys getting bruised. on, br- bruised, and getting to an age where big defeats like that will make them think about themselves. Yeah. Uh, Eighty-two thousand two hundred and eight people. I mean, it was it was just a, an event in its own right. It was sensational at Croke Park. It was a complete kind of visual treat to look into the stands, where you, just these banks of kind of solid block color, red and blue, and. I thought that you know it's very rare to see a, a rug. A, well, I, I say a rugby ground, but a ground in which rugby is being played look that good, you know. Um, and the, yeah, they really did make a fantastic atmosphere. And Leinster, for once, you know, you're, you're always going to get more Munster fans than Leinster because that's just the nature of their support in any game in Ireland. But again, you go back to that game a few years ago where the stadium was at least they were out, Leinster were outnumbered at least four to one in the stands, they were really determined not to let that happen again. Is there a danger, Kenny, that actually that was the showpiece event and that the Murrayfield final simply cannot live up to that? Well, it'll be full, it'll be sold, sold out. So, I mean, it will live up to it because the occasion of the two best teams are in the final. And you know, rugby is growing. The big occasion, the club people want it. And I think Murrayfield will have that because it'll be a weekend, not so much um, you know, on the field and off the field. It'll be a good weekend of rugby and fans will love it. And that's what the Heineken Cup's all about, is the, it's the full experience. Right, we're down to the last two. What about Murrayfield? It's the second final there, the first was in 2005. Went to extra time, Toulouse beating Stade Francais 18-12. But was that Crow Park victory over Munster Leinster's final? Can they repeat that performance, Ian? Either you consider that, you know, either you consider that the peak of your achievement, that you finally got over that block and beaten Munster in a big game. And very often a team, when, when a team does that, when, when, when a team builds one game up to a pinnacle, they may not, might not have quite enough to go beyond that. It would strike me that uh, Brian O'Driscoll, for one, has, uh, has got unfinished business, that he isn't thinking, I've had my day out in the sun, that was great. I think how I mean, many opportunities you get to be in the Heineken Cup final, Wasps, Leicester, Munster... Toulouse, Barretts, Pepignon, they're there, they're always roundabout. But nobody's seen Leinster there before. And they know this is their big chance to put their marker down. And Irish rugby is in great shape. They've got a huge opportunity. Leicester, you know, who knows with Leicester? I mean, they've got a lot of good players. I mean, you look at Leinster and you think, you know, they haven't got Contepone and you just wonder, can the young man come in and do it again? You know, can he... Cause Contepone won't be there to set 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 start of the game up, and he just sat in his shoes and did the, just as good as what Contepone would have done. 
Um, but again, you know, there's no flood. Hip, um, Vesti will be coming in there at Leicester, who's done well. He's not a kicking 10. He's more of a running 10. So they might have to change uh, the way they're going to play. But let's be honest, where's the game? One, one up front. Yeah. You know, and it's going to be a battle up front. And Leicester are going to have to, they'll be looking at that video thinking, we've got to, we have to work hard because these boys have stopped Munster and that's a hard thing to do. Yeah, I think Sam Vesti is one of the revelations of the season. That, you know, yeah. He's almost a sort of journeyman down the years for Leicester, and then suddenly he's the he's the inspiration, the playmaker who's made their second half of the season something very special. Leicester have had that habit in recent years, though. Cause, you know, Andy Good turned up big time for them in qu- quite a few games before before this year, um, and again, someone who wasn't always rated in the very top bracket, but when it mattered, he tended to do it. He tended to do it for Leicester, and I think Vesti probably is in a similar mould. It's a sort of, um, Leicester have um, branched out in recent months, but Le- Leicester have proved that if they were inspiration, inspirational against Munster, they had that 6-5 quarter-final win at Harlequins, which, which suggests that they could play a much more austere game. It was probably the best game they could have had before playing Munster, actually, because yeah. you know, it, it, it drilled into them the kind of template for everything they would have to do against Munster in all the areas that they would have to be fast, quick and aggressive in. It's sometimes harder when you play against a team you know, because they play them in the Celtic League and you know, they know the players, they play with Ireland with them, you know, they probably speak, you know, they, they see each other a lot. It's hard, where Quinns, was, they don't really know Quinns that well, in fairness to Quinns, they were the best season they've had for years. You know, they're, they're up near the top and they've got a chance of winning trophies where you look at um, Leinster, you know, they've done well in the Celtic League previously. Um, they, they, they come to Quinns who are not, you know, they're not renowned for the Heineken Cup success and Quinns put a good fight up. So, yeah, I think Leinster, um, you know, went to um, Stoop and they had to, they had to win the game and they just didn't really care how it was going to happen. And they did that, but then when they played Munster, they put a show on. They showed that they've got the guts, and it was led by um, a lot of their senior players to prove a point, and won by the captain, hmm. who has been outstanding. Uh, not, well, not the captain. I mean, Leo Cullen was outstanding yeah. uh, mm-hmm. as, as the captain, but Brian O'Driscoll. I, I, you sort of think, but well, he can't get any better than he was in the Six Nations, and he was. And he was, and, ev- and every time the bar is raised, O'Driscoll meets it, doesn't he? You know, um, it's. It, I, th- I think he's one of the most extraordinary examples in modern rugby of a player who has has evolved every step of the way with the game. You know, you remember just when he first came on the scene, he was he was almost willowy. You look you look at him now, the kind of bulky powerhouse that he is. You know, he lost a little bit of pace, but all all players will lose pace as they get old. But what what he's added to his game defensively and tactically as well. You know, yeah. the, he's he's just always in the right place, isn't he? What, what I like about him is. Um when you're playing against, I mean, when you're playing against him and he's he's he's, he's taking you on a tackle, you've got to protect the ball because he's so good at getting up on his feet and rip. Mm-hmm. He's like a seven, you know. He's as good as any seven round the contract here as, as anybody. He's going to have to do a bit of mother henning, isn't he? Because there's Johnny Sexton comes in at ten for the injured Felipe Contipomi. What does Brian O'Driscoll do there, Ian? Does he sort of put a big one of those big arms around him? He's, he's a talented lad, Sexton. I, mean, I think very much in the mold of a kind of classical fly half. Mm. He, he looks like one, walks like one, and kicks like one. You know, um, but he's Lentil's reserve for for a reason as well. You know, because I think this year though he's he's had more and more Mag- Magnus League games. Certainly, he's 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 been exposed a lot more than previously. And will he start next year? You know, because Contepony's leaving, isn't he? He's going for the Dosh in France. He is. Yeah, I think that's the that's the idea. I haven't heard that they're they're planning to splash out hugely. I may be wrong. Leicester, presumably we know how they're going to play because they're Leicester and they just do the Leicester thing. They have played with um, a 
bit of a dash, though, uh, under Richard Cockrell, who, you know, f- for me, I think Cockrell's one of the, the stars of the season, how he's stood up um, again into the number one coaching role. It's interesting, mate, your clubs, and, yeah, you know, you get your foreign coaches coming in and it doesn't work or they, or they leave, and then they look within themselves and find a gem, you know, that's what he's been, you know, who would have ever thought Richard Cockrell's a gem? He's not a gem to look at, but... He's a gem as a coach. He's done very well tactically. He's, he's worked well and he's not been scared to make big decisions. You know, Vesti, he's, we talked earlier about the journeyman. If there's an issue at fullback, Vesti does it. If there's an issue in the centre, Vesti does it. Issue at 10, he's stepped in again and delivered. And I think he's, you know, Leicester are playing with a bit of flair. They're not, they're not scared to, to move the ball around. They take risks where maybe previous years it was all very much up front. But I think they'll be look, the forwards will be saying, right, they've, tanked, they've given Munster a bit of a run. Now we're going to give them a bit of a run up front. I think they'll have a go at them. That'll be the exact same this week against uh, Leinster. They'll have to target them because the Celtic nations are so good around the breakdown. One of the themes of the moment is uh, Lions, have Leicester got enough, you know, have the Lions of, of Ireland. Um, Tom Croft is not a Lion. He was uh, omitted by Inba Geekin, but on current form, I mean, he's just one of the best players in Europe, isn't he? It now looks extraordinary that they're not taking him. Um, and all the, you know, the decision on um, Quinlan's re- replacement. Leicester must have the best set-piece operation. I don't know, Leinster, has, Leinster have got much better. Does it matter? The, the, the two sides have reached the final by whatever route. Do they worry about, oh, we might lose a bit of line-out ball, or do they just say, uh, we'll survive? Yeah, I think, I think the most, if you look at Wasps, the line-out was never brilliant, scrum was never brilliant, but still won trophies after trophies. You know, it's what you do, it's what you, how you can get, live off, not the best ball, make some of it. And Leinster are good at that. Yeah, we've worked our way through the permutations and the possibilities and the ifs and the buts, but Ian, who's going to win? I'm going to go with Leicester and, you know, for all the usual traditional reasons of bias. Um, but I just, I just think, again, and, you know, we talked about the danger of doing this before the Munster-Leinster game, but if you put those teams head-to-head, I think Leinster shaded in probably eight, nine positions. And for that reason, I'll go for them. Kenny? Um, see, the thing is, I had Munster-Cardiff final, so I'm a bit, I'm a bit <laughs> struck now, because I thought Munster win, I thought Cardiff would win. Um, I think Leicester, I'll, 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 be, I'll, I'll definitely give them a run for their money, but I just I think, can Leinster do it again? Um, I don't think they can. I think Leicester will win this one. You can actually say either Leicester or Leinster and cover both Let teams Leicester. almost. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I just think Leicester might shade it. Because Leinster was so good in their semi, I think that might have been their big one. And I think Leicester are pretty brutal and ruthless and will make sure they, they cannot be that inspired again. Though, I must say, Brian O'Driscoll for me has been the player, the best player in the world over the past three months. Totally agree with you. Absolutely. Yeah. Looking forward to it. One last word on the Heineken Cup final, 2009. I think whatever happens, you know, all the, the great games up, up to the Heineken Cup, there's always excitement, there's always things happening, whether it's blood bins or penalty kicks, which is the first time ever. Uh, the final is always special, and it'll be a special day. There'll be two teams wanting to lift that trophy, one for the first time, one for the third time. And um, Edinburgh will embrace that occasion, and they'll have a great night. And a great build-up. So let's look forward to it. I wouldn't want to predict a bad game, but I think this will be tight and nasty to a great extent. <laughs> you know, probably not to the extent... You're a cynic, you know that. I do, but if you look at, you know, I think Leinster's go- Leinster are going to be nervous. They're not going to go out there looking to be expansive from the off. Leicester, like we said, will do, will do what they, they do quite a lot, albeit their recent bit of dash. 
But you, know, you want to change the prediction, don't you? You want to change it to Leicester, now, don't you? No, I'll stick with it. I'll okay. Stick with it. Okay. Well, that brings us to the end of the Heineken Cup podcast. My thanks to Ian Pryor, and of course to Kenny Logan. I'm Eddie Butler. Many thanks for listening, and enjoy the match. See you next time. The Heineken Cup podcast, European rugby at its best, brought to you by the Guardian and Heineken, the premium continental beer. Thank you.